0: Welcome, everybody, to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. I'm your host here, Jason, and I'm here with my nearest and dearest, the Duke of all nerds. Jason, what's going on, my man? The other Jason. I'm here in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida,
1: where meth is meth and the sheep are scared. (laughs)
0: um, What does it smell like outside of your home, though? know oh, look nope. I still got you there I'm still here yeah, yeah I'm still you. here I'm still here cut this out <laughs> yes um th- it must be the right. Jacksonville hey. connection that's what it is
1: yeah it's a
0: 56k moment out-, out here <laughs> <laughs> it's actually still kind of dial up he really, I don't know that Jason had to dial up <laughs> into this call so it was very uh, AOL, dude, very... dude out in the street. coming like, I got that internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a well, $10. welcome, back, <laughs> Like Come you on. said, <laughs> to the Edward Bear podcast. I remember to share, like, and follow us here at Head Cannon Circus on YouTube, Facebook. Also, we are on all listening podcast places, Spotify. Anchor FM, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. I remember to hit the bell notification on YouTube so you will be notified when we post again. And let's jump right into the fun part of the show. Well, the I fun apologize. part of the show for Jason is drinking, but um fun part of this show for me is going to be talking about this next subject. So we're going to start off here with if you we take movies, we're going to take movie franchises and if we had to remove one film from it, what would it be? And so I'm gonna jump right into it because I think the first one I have only I got listed three of them, but my first one I'm gonna go from like weakest to strongest. So my first one I would say is the Harry Potter Prada franchise, Chamber of Secrets. You can get that up out of here. Man. I, I don't I, I don't I don't like Chamber of Secrets. I've watched it numerous times. It does Not nothing. For of Secrets. Me. I think it's long as hell and it's boring as hell. And it's probably the one movie out of all the movies that even and I even if I included The Last Fantastic Beast, which is terrible, I would not even oh, watch man. that before I go back to Chamber of <laughs> Secrets because Chamber but Secrets that's does where nothing we meet Ginny Weasley. I could see <laughs> the in the first film and feel like I didn't miss nothing. <laughs> I didn't feel like I missed nothing. I'm good, man. I just can't. And again, and I think Chamber Secrets is a decent film. I just think in the collective of all the movies, it's so weak to me. That it's just, it bothers me when I have to watch it because I feel like it's just there because the director didn't know what to do. And it was like, well, let me change it. He knew what he was doing with Christopher Columbus. His problem was that he wanted to put all of the book in the movie. And usually in movie adaptations, you don't want to do that because. Adapt. Makes, adapt. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It makes the it makes the movie long and boring, which the movie is long and boring. So, Chamber of Secrets is the one movie out of the franchise I will pull out. Which is great about the third one uh, Alfred,
1: Alfon Curazon. Uh, yep. the third one. He doesn't read books. He's
0: like, "Fuck this! I know
1: what I'm doing. I'm a movie maker." <laughs> and, uh, to me, to me, it's Tell the me. best one. <laughs> Tell me the premise.
0: <laughs> I yeah, got. Of this. band Band <laughs> is my favorite one out of all of them. So that tells you. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like I got this. We don't. You, you got a script. Let's 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 do this. I don't need to read the fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jason.
0: All right. What would you put in? Your I've movie? been
1: giving a lot of thought about this, especially since uh the Matrix come out. uh I think. The one movie that could be removed from a franchise, and a lot of people are going to probably burn torches of this, uh, I think they should get rid of uh, Force Awakens. Mm. And here's why. Force Awakens. Force Awakens is definitely a nostalgia baiting... It's a good movie, don't get me wrong. I love Force Awakens. But if Ryan Johnson had done the first movie and did what he did in the first movie, we wouldn't have had expectations for the next few movies, and we would have been taken... In a different direction with the Star Wars franchise. If if since JJ Abrams did his mystery box and his nostalgia, you know, we had a lot of expectations built up in those in those three movies, which they did not handle very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Ryan Johnson had of that first movie, we would have been probably blown away and taken into a whole like new realm of Star Wars movies that we probably couldn't even think about, right? So I think that we should get rid of Force Awakens because uh, you know. Uh, everybody hates the Last Jedi, but The Last Jedi he swings for the fence. He goes, I'm gonna try something different here. He failed at it,
0: but he tried. <laughs> That's uh, I'm why I say he failed at it. I feel like he I don't see any fancies, and he probably only got a double instead of getting yeah. a triple or getting a home a front, run. Like getting a full home run, yeah.
1: And, yeah. and I agree so, with yeah.
0: you because I feel like the, the reason why I say when people are like, Oh, the last Jedi sucks. like the last Jedi suffers from the one sin that no movie should suffer from is that it isn't as fun as a Star Wars movie should be. But I'm with yeah. you, Last Jedi. It, it, that's why it bothers me like people when Jaren craps on Last Jedi. Last Jedi is a Star Trek movie, if you want to be completely yeah. honest. It's a Star Trek, it's a pretty great, it's about back, a lot man. of, yeah, it's a lot about a lot of uh, talking about what works and doesn't work, what war really means, who's a good guy, who's a bad guy.
1: It, a lot of Is there thoughts. a chosen one?
0: Or is it should it just be people or at random? Is there no such thing? It's a lot of good thoughts and theories in there. The yeah. problem is, is that it came from a movie that everybody, you said say, nostalgia baited and gave us the Star Wars feels. and then you go to this movie that is overly talky, overly dramatic and it introduces so many new elements to the lore that people just didn't accept. And then, yeah. you know, you do what you do with Luke, which I think was the proper decision with Luke. But... People wanted, they wanted Luke Skywalker with, with a sword. Yeah, yeah they wanted Luke Skywalker with a sword, fighting everybody. That's what they wanted. And truth be told, like Luke was never that guy in any of the movies because everybody just has the extended universe of comic oh, books that they want that yeah, Luke Skywalker and novels. Yeah, yeah, and the Luke Skywalker and all the things that we know of on in in canon in the movies was never that guy. Let's be completely honest; he never was even good with a lightsaber. Yeah, he, he didn't fought, really. Like, he lost price right. <laughs> right? Right, in fact, so, he lost twice up until you know his dad was like, I'm not gonna fight you no more, I don't want to
1: kill you. And then he's like, Oh, I'm <laughs> mad.
0: <laughs> so, but that's either here that we could do a whole show on The Last Jedi and why I think it's a good movie. I just think it wasn't the movie that people wanted, and you, you said it correct. I think if yeah. The Last Jedi was the first movie, we would have been expecting, like you say, it would have took us in a whole new direction, we wouldn't have the Skywalker would have been, been no Popatins expectation,
1: and, and there would have been no yep, yep, need yep. to go back to, to re retcon it back to the Palpatines and shit like that because we've been already taking it in this new direction. That they would have to, I mean, they could have still fucked it up, obviously, because
0: it did anyway. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> <Yep, yep. laughs> but All like right. at least we've been going somewhere different. Uh, my number two was something everybody probably is gonna see coming because I think we have talked about it on this show in length. Um, Rocky <laughs> Five, man. You pull Rocky 5 out of there, the Rocky series is probably the best it's fine. going. Yeah. You literally eliminate Rocky because Rocky Bob is a good movie. Creed 1 and 2 are great movies. Rocky 4 is a really good real movie. Rocky 3 Rocky is a great movie. Rocky 4 is a classic. 1 and 2 are classics as well. Like, you pluck 5 out of there, it, it all works. It works really well if you pluck 5 out of there. Like, works better than it should if you take 5 out of there. Um, and even because 5, now, granted, the only thing that 5 will add. Add into the series that will make it hard to understand is that you know in four, Rocky and him are living large, and then five is when they lose all their money, and then six yeah. where well, Rocky Balboa is still broke. So if you move five, you'll probably have to be like, oh crap, why did they lose their money? But you can just throw a line in there in in Rocky mean, Balboa well, that explains like that twenty years later, anyway. Right, right, right. And you said so it's just like, oh yeah, started. I opened a. <laughs> I am a
1: retired boxer. Open a restaurant. I'm bad with money because I got hit in the head for a living. How about that? <laughs> well,
0: dude, that <laughs> My wife crazy. died. <laughs> Do you remember why they lost their money in five? Do you recall that reason? Mm-mm. I have no idea. Okay,
1: I, all I know and, is he, he straight street fight Tommy Gunn and Tommy <laughs> Gunn, who's an actual real
0: boxer in real life, is this terrible human being and ended up doing yes. a lot of shitty shit. <laughs> so, in the movie canon, paulie I don't know why you will invent, let your money be handled by Paul. Oh yeah, Polly fucking signs over the power of attorney to the financial advisor. The financial advisor makes a bunch of bad real estate decisions and etc. and doesn't pay his taxes for six years. The financial advisor that is, and Rocky gets sued, has to pay back taxes, get rid of the mansion, get rid of the cool robot, and all that other great stuff, and go back to Philly and live poor. Who is trusting Polly with the money? Like who was trusting Paulie to just have the power of attorney to do anything? Like, well, why is
1: Paulie even like involved in this? Like, I know you like the dude, but the dude is like presented as to be
0: a moron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that's what it is. Financial advisor screwed him. He must have got the same one as Wesley Snipes. Uh, <laughs> but, but yes, Rocky Five is the movie I will pluck out of that franchise, and the franchise will be even better. Uh, Jason, you have another a number two.
1: Let's just go with the the. The elephant in the room, let's go with something easy. Uh Indiana Jones 4 crystal skull that doesn't do anything for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty easy to get rid of. Like, and here's the thing: you know, for all you Indiana Jones people out there, you know what's my favorite one? Temple of fucking doom. That's my favorite yes. one because it's yes. fucking <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> it's racist as shit. It's terrifying, and I loved it.
0: <laughs> not only is it terrifying, I mean, we all understand it's racist, not only is it terrifying that. It is literally the only movie in the franchise that is action from the opening scene to the final to the, scene. Like that movie does not end. stop moving, <laughs> it goes all the way through. Yes, and you I'm got motherfuckers ripping people's fans. hearts out. <laughs> Dude, Look, you gotta have this fucking... argument with people. They he's like, Oh, Timber Dunes. Everybody's like, Oh, Timber Dunes the worst one. And I'm like, No, no, it's the best. I'm sorry <laughs> that I, you know, don't like old Indiana Jones father banging the same chick as Indiana Jones. I don't Which find that gross. cute and quaint. Yeah, I don't yeah. find a cute and quaint in the Last Crusade. Well, I knew she was jerking because in her sleep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We fucked the same girl, right? <laughs> <laughs> and for everybody that wants a reference for that, just imagine R. Kelly's same girl with Usher playing in your mind as that happens. If R. Kelly's Usher's dad, uh, <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have no beef with um, the Last Crusade. I mean, I mean, I have no beef with the Last Crusade, or well, I don't beef with any of them. And even Crystal Skull, I'm an apologist for Crystal no, Skull because I will admit. I, I, but it's bad I because be you have that a, movie. You have, a,
1: you know He was like, what, 70 when he made that movie you know? Exactly <laughs> And then they throw in fucking, you know Shia LaBeouf, back when Shia LaBeouf Wasn't really, like Method acting Shia LaBeouf When he was just doing the Shia LaBeouf thing <laughs> Like right. now if you put method acting Shia LaBeouf In Indiana Jones, movie, I think that shit would be fucking amazing <laughs> But you put uh-huh. like Even Steven Shia LaBeouf
0: Nah, it's not gonna work <laughs> I am an apologist for the Crystal Skull. I, I agree. I agree with you. You could pluck it out, and the franchise is a lot better. But I don't think it's as terrible as everybody feels. Every aliens. time I watch it, I go, <laughs> and that's where everybody's beef is: is aliens. And I'm like, but we let a arc melt people's faces off, and we were cool with it too. Yeah, because that's God. That's not aliens. You can't have them oh, both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't be like, oh yeah, there's a Christian God, but there's also fucking aliens. You can't make that statement. <laughs> i guess i don't know
0: so we discover aliens tomorrow that it no longer we can no longer believe in christ <laughs> Not, in, i mean you can believe in god <laughs> oh okay okay gotcha 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 you're saying in that universe you can't have both <laughs> you can't have both <laughs> i'm sorry uh,
1: i mean though it does movie... it does bring me into like in like the marvel universe where like they actually mm. have like thor who's an actual like living god like i am like oh yeah there's there's that guy that's a god. uh, I guess we're going to well, be... I guess the Norse guys got it right.
0: <laughs> well, hold on. I think the Marvel Universe rewrote Thor as a god though, because you remember in the first Thor, he wasn't a god. He They were saying they just had better technology. Yeah. Remember, that was Thor's word. Yeah. He was like, oh, it looks like magic to you all because we just But we're technology. just really, really more advanced. But still, he's yeah. still thousands of years old. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's <laughs> no. what they retroactively wrote it into him just being a god now, because like you said, because then you start asking questions like, oh, hold on. How do you don't age? How come, like, how do you have frost giants? How do you like you have to ask a lot of questions? And y'all supposed to be from here? <laughs> like, this is where right. Y'all, right. <laughs> y'all move, yeah, right. So I think it was like, yeah, they're gods. Everybody just just keep it, leave it at that. Just like even the they're gonna be a lot more. Was it? Norse pagans out there in
1: MCU? People fucking praying yeah. to fucking Odin and Thor and Heimdall and shit.
0: <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But crystal skull. I'm an apologist, but I don't disagree with you. It still works in that one. Um, my number one movie that if you pluck out of it, actually, I feel look, if you pluck this movie out, it makes the <laughs> franchise almost perfect for what it is. Uh, my number one is Mission Impossible 2. If you oh, take yeah. Mission Impossible Easy. 2 out Easily. and you let the rest of it run, it is the probably the, the best action franchise of all time. Of all Honestly. time, I mean, even. And like part three with Philip Seymour Hoffman is fucking amazing. It's my favorite one, as you can tell. But you could just, if you play, you take part two out, the movie is phenomenal. That whole, everything's phenomenal about that series.
1: Honestly, I think Mission Impossible doesn't even get good until after two. (laughs) You could pluck the
0: first two out and just start (laughs) with three. (laughs) I think three, I think one is needed because the one is the. Not to reference how we talked about the Fast and the Furious. One is the normal person spy movie. Yeah. Two, it becomes the first antidote of the, oh, no, these are super spies. And we do. He's a superhero now. And have wavy hair and doves. <laughs> and duels Jones on motorcycles. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then three is like, no, we're still good, great spies, but we're a little superheroes. After three, it becomes like Fast and Furious. They just go into straight <laughs> superhero mode. So and it's That's so great. <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay, so but yeah, two,
0: the- I feel like it's the weakest link. And I think if two's eliminated, it's probably, I think it's still the greatest action franchise of all time. But I think, especially if you eliminate two, it's not even questioned at that point. Like, well, you have also have this
1: 60 year old midget doing like his own stunts. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, yeah, let's just hang me outside of an airplane or I'm going to climb the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world. I'm like, you know, we got other dudes, but I It's like, no, 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 I'll do it. <laughs> yep.
0: Thank you. I'm a Scientologist. I think I can handle this. <laughs> yeah. yes. I can. Also, I mean, as much as we want to give Tom Cruise's flowers, we always want to give the better flowers to Jackie Chan, who was still doing all that stuff at 50 and 60 yeah. and was like, he wasn't going to pay paid too. shit for it. <laughs> right, right. He was
1: doing that still shit like in Hong Kong. He are going love. Yeah. The love. Like, we're going to pay you love. a thousand yen for 46 movies. No, the in total. <laughs> And, and I want you to breaking... break
0: every single bone in your body. Because <laughs> right? I want to believe when Rush Hour, he was like in his late mid or late 50s for Rush Hour. And I know that's yeah. not as heavily stunted as his other stuff, but he still did all those suns in Rush Hour. like yes. um, But I mean, it's Jackie Chan, man. He's, yeah. he's the goat. <laughs> the greatest. Yes, absolutely. When people bring to me Bruce Lee and all that, I'm like, nah, nah. We, we go on Jackie all day. I, like, mean, I, don't, like... even wanna, I don't even entertain the conversation. Jackie...
1: I mean, I'm sure Bruce Lee is a competent, you know, all around. He's a competent choreographer, a competent, you know, making it look cool. But Jackie Lee, Jackie, Jackie Chan's about the fucking life, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, Bruce Lee is like, I will pay you 10 bucks to punch you to take this punch. Bruce Lee's like, oh, no, we're all getting punched by the end of this fucking day. (laughs) Like, I'm getting punched, (laughs) you're getting punched. Everybody, the director's (laughs) getting punched. We're all getting punched. (laughs) And then I'm gonna jump 40 feet and try to hopefully I'll grab this fucking rope and I won't die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, JC, you have one more for us, or or maybe you want to re- reel off?
1: Yeah, no, I don't have one more. I don't. I was gonna try to think of some real quick, but I can't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, and I, and I took out yeah. ones that were like that were like three. Like I mean, yeah, we could do Spider-Man three. We could do X-Men three. I wanted ones that had like yeah. things that were past the bad movie in and that was what I was looking for more than anything that kind of went past or had three or four that were really good. And then maybe another one after that was terrible. So but that's Star Trek generation. movies. Oh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but it was some bad ones in the between there too. Like what was um Search for Spock? Search Spock's pretty bad. Uh, uh yeah, they had a couple of I guess whatever. Yeah, all the I even mean, numbers, like, oh, all the odd numbers. <laughs> I mean, they're all odd numbers. I mean, like,
1: I liked like insurrection. Uh, I like that one. I like Nemesis. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Tom Hardy should, you know, get another shot at being John Luke Picard. Uh, but Generations is like one of those movies where they're like, "Oh, we got to put everybody in it. We got to put. We got to find a way to make Kirk in this movie that takes place like ninety years after he should be
0: dead." <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, how do you, how do they know, even do that anyway? I can't even call the movie. They well, what happened was.
1: Yeah, he got stuck in a uh, mythological realm of of your greatest desires of your wild of your of your peaceful fantasies. And then John Luke Picard was like, Oh shit, I need help trying to stop this guy from destroying all these planets. I'll get this dude who's fucking eighty years old at this point <laughs> out of this peaceful realm and he'll help me out. Rather than I don't know any of the other capable people on my team of, of <laughs> you know trained Starfleet officers, uh, <laughs> which I, I would be pissed. Am. I'd be like, "No, I'm I'm fucking in heaven. No, no, fuck you. Get away, get away from me, man. <laughs> like, nah, you, can, you can go back <laughs> solve right. that shit on your own."
0: Break me down. Uh, for millions this one of people jumped. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask for this one last adventure. I just wanted to be peaceful yeah. and left alone. Um, like, you can stay here too and not worry about that shit either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up my talk of we have to remove one movie from a franchise to make it great. Let's go ahead and jump into what's probably going to be one of our more divisive uh, reviews here. Let's talk about The Matrix Resurrection. Um,
1: Jason, <laughs> uh, I
0: guess before we jump into it, let me give everybody what, if you don't know about The Matrix, jump off a clip. Don't know but if you don't, yeah, to find You're, <laughs> find you're a child. Of- you're literally a child. <laughs> Uh, to find out if his reality is real or not, sorry, excuse me, let me give you the, the, the final if his reality is a physical, mental construct, Mr. Anderson, aka Neo, will have to choose to follow the White Rabbit once more. If he learns anything, is that choice, while an illusion, is still the only way out of or into the Matrix. Neo already knows what he has to do, but what he doesn't yet know is the Matrix is stronger, more secure, and far more dangerous than ever before. Wow, really. okay, all right, all right, <laughs> nice. Jason,
1: you have the floor here. Yeah, the Matrix, the Matrix Resurrection. Uh, I believe I said uh, something along the lines of it's Frankenstein's monster, like Frankenstein could bring somebody back to the dead. he has all the technology to do so, but uh, he shouldn't, or at least he's he should have thought about it beforehand. <laughs> um, there are some definitely really good ideas presented in like the first half of this movie that would have been make an excellent uh addition to the matrix mythology but at the end of the day this movie does not execute uh properly everything that it presents uh and also uh it is like almost like a well to be fair to the movie itself um the matrix you know revolutionized not only the way films are made but like the technology behind films and all the other good stuff so mm-hmm. it was pretty hard to like do something that would be on that caliber on that level again because you can't I mean like at this point like people are just doing revolutionizing the industry like every other day so it's like it's almost impossible to find something to do that would be like oh shit this is something new but in this movie it almost looks like um, like a made for TV movie in, in parts it looks like something that they would do for like a straight to DVD movie and it's just like that is a weird choice to make Um, for your visual presentation of your groundbreaking movie franchise so like not only was it a disappointment in the story department but it was also a disappointment in like the action the shot presentation the editing and everything else it was just not a matrix (laughs) excuse me it was just not a matrix movie and it just and and for me that was really like kind of like the disappointing part and one of the things that and I don't think this is a spoiler but they definitely make reference to the fact in this movie that the corporation is making them make this mm-hmm. and uh although that's very meta and I appreciate you saying this it does not excuse the fact that you're out of ideas for this franchise <laughs> and if you are out of ideas for this franchise as as a creator there are plenty of people who are out there who are up and coming who are proficient in the in the Skill of movie making, they might not be, you know, to the level of whatever a studio wants, but we're professionals. Studio who have the ideas. There are people out there who could have taken taken this major franchise and and brought it into another level and probably blown our minds with some crazy ass shit. But they didn't do it in this one, and that's probably the most disheartening thing about about this movie. And once we get into spoiler territories, I will go into more detail of things that probably for me would have made the movie a little bit better as a viewer for me but it's just if they just did not nail the landing and that's probably the most disappointing thing is they just didn't nail it and it's kind of hard for them to do that because it's the Matrix and there's probably you know they had a high bar even the last two Matrix movies you know people didn't receive those but even those last two there's some still some great shit in it but this Mm -hmm. one doesn't have anything like that in there and it's and it's sad. And I hate it. And I want people to stop oh. forcing people to make these movies.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you got it out the way, because um, look, this movie's trash, it. man. This <laughs> movie's trash. This movie is butt cheeks. Um <laughs> What the fuck is Christina Ricci doing in this movie? Let's just start there. Was she in this movie? <laughs> yeah, she's in that African freaking movie in the boardroom scene. Oh, yeah, she well, was even a thing. like I, I understand we can't expect The Matrix because it's a groundbreaking movie, and I get it. But I expect a reasonable movie that either flips the idea on his head or at least plays into some of the notions of what the other movies were. This movie does neither. It almost plays a game of like, oh, we're gonna try to blow your mind because you remember when you watched The first Matrix and we blew your mind? So we're gonna do that again, but this time we're gonna make reference to everything that blew your mind back in the day that you love. And they're going to make a reference about how, yeah, you'll never get that crap again. Because, you know, remakes and remodels and reboots suck. And we it's just corporate machines making this again. And it's no more filling in movies. So you criticize the thing that you're actually making. Which I'm fine with. Go ahead. Go be meta. But then make a good product to show that, like, this is how you do this properly. You don't even do that. So the hell with you on that one. (laughs) Also, the fight scenes aren't cool. They're not inventive, and I'm not expecting you to be like better than what we saw initially because I was watching Hong Kong and you know Asian fight films all my life. So, this when I saw the Matrix, it didn't blow my mind for fight scenes because I'd already seen this before, had already seen Donnie Yen and Wirework before I watched the first Matrix. So, I was in that minority, but I did understand that this was very creative and it was very creative for an American action film. But I felt like maybe Keanu Reeves is holding all the good action scenes for John Wick four yeah because back. <laughs> yeah, he didn't give us nothing in this one and even to the point they basically gave him a power so that he didn't have to fight like that power <laughs> was a macguffin so he didn't have to do any fighting like and i was like that's creative but that's straight booty because we can't hit see Kyoto throw them hands uh the new cast except for bugs doesn't work everybody nope. get the new one here doesn't what work. new cast bugs, except for works. bugs there there are other characters except for bugs I don't know. If there's you other would characters. think so because she's the only one that gets backstory and <laughs> time to flesh out, and even she's when the only one that gets fucking named. <laughs> yeah, even when they bring back old characters that are that look a little different, or old characters that look a little different, but it's still that character. Even they suck, and against the mythos <laughs> that they set up. Like one of the characters literally watched Neo the first time around save everything, and there's a doubter again. How do you do this? Like, are you in the Star Wars universe for 16 years after Jedi's around? Everybody forgets the Jedi's around because you literally were part of the revolution and saw Neo at work and saw the great things that Neo did. And then you're like, "Ah, oh, we didn't need no savior because you know that was a Morpheus thing. I just went along mm-hmm. with it because he did." What? <laughs> it's like you watching Jesus walk on water and the guy being beside you being like, "Man, I'm glad I believed in Jesus." And you'd be like, "Yeah." But maybe maybe it was shallow water, or-, or maybe like maybe it was an optical illusion. But I'm just gonna like, stop. That's just, <laughs> that's just bad writing, it's just bad writing. Um, the new Big Bad in here feels like it's completely in a different movie. I don't know if they again, we're gonna get more into the spoiler range of it in the, the second half of this. But the Big Bad in this one literally felt like he was in a whole different movie that they were like, Oh crap, we need a name and we need something. It almost felt like his scenes were like put in after the regular scenes were filmed already or something. He just doesn't fit well in there for me at all. Um, I will say this. The only good part of this movie is the beginning. And I think that's why a lot of people who who like this movie are going to get hooked into it because it is very, 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 very uh, very cinematography. It's just a great part of the beginning where you can see the pressure building up in Neo or Mr. Anderson, to the point that he, like, cracks. Yeah. And that whole cycle of moments, I think it's like a, maybe a, a 15, 20-minute run in the movie, is really good. Because even if you watch it, I don't know about you, Jason, but I even felt like my anxiety was going up watching him repeat this process over to the point that it was becoming nerve-wracking. And when he finally cracks, I kind of was like him. I'm like, man, I have had enough of this, too. And I don't know <laughs> if it's because the movie was so boring that I had enough of it, or they actually did a good job with telegraphing where his mental was. I want to say it was just telegraphing where his mental was. But I thought that was really good, well done. Um, this movie should have been literally cut and dry. And I guess I'll throw in my head, can and This movie should have been, hey, did the original three movies actually really exist? And if they did exist, why are you here now? And if they did not exist, why was that a thing that was in, in our lexicon? You could have took either route right with that, which would have made a way better movie than this. And I know people are going to say, "Well, that's what they did." No, that's what they did for the first forty minutes, and then they were like, "Nah, we got to get some kung fu up in this B." So let's get mm-hmm. the fighting, let's get the rumbling. let's get the putting your hand through mirrors, and let's do let's for the song while we're at it too. All right, let's go. Let's and get train the let's throw that the there. <laughs> nostalgia. Here's a character that you haven't seen for a while. Does he do anything? <laughs> No, yeah, but he's there. Let's don't you remember him? He's awesome, right? Let's, no, get the fuck out of here. Let's get trained zombies in here. Let's do yes, like yeah, they ripped off Shrek yes, but this is the matrix with fucking zombies. <laughs> yeah, that's what they thought. It, fucking zombies. It, Great. Which and you know what? <laughs> Two thousand eight called, and they
1: want their music, their movie back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, but it's a part in the original Matrix where they talk about the exiles and how they were werewolves and vampires and all that, and we never got that payoff in the original one. We still don't get the payoff in this one, but now we're like, oh, maybe this is part of the. Pay off that. This time diesel. the exiles are just homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> Programs they thought didn't exist anymore. Um, this movie's butt cheeks, guys. I, I don't I don't I don't know what to even tell y'all, man. Um yeah, I don't know what I, I got no more for it. Um and then maybe you know what this I'm just gonna call it what it is. I'm gonna say it because I'm not that smart. Maybe it's a smart I movie in here that I just went over my head. That I didn't get, and I want to leave room for that because I know someone's going to criticize the fact that I didn't get it, and that's fine. And if you got it and you loved it and you understood it, more power to you. And if you were like, oh, you got to watch it three times to get it, that is a sign of a bad movie. About mm-hmm. to watch it numerous times to get the basic understanding of what the movie's about. Now, don't you do when you write and you do repeat watchings of movies? You should catch new things that further your enjoyment of the movie, not actually understand the movie from repeat <laughs> watchings. That's a bad movie, guys. So except for Prime. It, you gotta watch that four times before you get it. <laughs> but it's still a good. But movie. the general premise of Primer is still enjoyable. You just yeah, watch it again, like- and you start getting more context for the things you enjoyed. <laughs> um, I mean, let's go. Let's jump right into ratings, man. Jason, what do you give The Matrix Resurrection?
1: One out of five. I would give it a zero, but apparently zero is not on the fucking list, so one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can give it a zero if you want. All right, negative um,
1: four out of five. I hate this shit. <laughs>
0: this
1: shit makes me <laughs> angry.
0: Uh, I'm going to give this movie, I- I'm going to give it a one only because, uh, again, like I said, there is a good 20-minute second of this movie that I thought was really creative. Outside of that, I'm good here. So I'll give it a one. All right, let's go ahead and jump into spoilers, which everybody really wants to hear about. So we're going to talk about the Matrix Resurrection and some spoilers. Jason, do you anywhere you want to start? Because I do have some questions. So we can start with my questions, or if you want to start somewhere, we could jump right to uh, it. There are several
1: things I want to start with. Like, they do present some interesting ideas in the beginning of this movie, but they also do some things that are very on the nose. Like, for example, and and this is the kind of thing that kind of annoyed me because a lot of the stuff they did from... The whole meta thing, it was just very, very, it wasn't clever. They just literally just stated it like uh, the whole like, oh, they forced us to make this movie. They just literally said, Warner Brothers forced us to make this movie. What does us away out of us. Or um, there's a the part where uh, Neil Patrick Harris's analyst says something like, oh, women used to be easier to control or some dumb shit like that. And I'm like, you are a genderless fucking program. Like, why are you being sexist right now? Like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. And the, the whole premise of this movie doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. Because, like, you think that the guy and the girl who beat the Matrix the first time, and plus the program that nearly ruined the last Matrix, you would think you would not, like, put them back in a Matrix? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they're known mm-hmm. for beating matrices, and you're like, no, 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 it'll be fine. We'll put them back in there. We'll just make them, like, you know, sort of kind of close together, but, like, not close enough, but, like, it's just like are you an idiot like it's all the machines idiots like <laughs> like you think you're so clever because we're just like oh we but at the end of the day they still beat your fucking dumbass plan uh like without much trouble because no one died mm-hmm. in this movie
0: like mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it
1: wasn't much of an incon- as they say in screen rant it was barely an inconvenience <laughs> like <laughs> right. nothing here nothing here was a challenge for them it wasn't a challenge for neo to like convince naomi to, to let him do his thing they just let him go like literally they were like oh we're gonna lock you up and the very next scene it's like oh yeah i'm escaping oh they have their ship back and all the, the good stuff we're going to the matrix oh we got to find trinity oh there she is oh we got to get her out we'll just do this and she just got to choose to get out she chooses no what happens if she chooses no we don't know she might she might die but she doesn't choose no of course not and there's like such a better like sort of through line here that they kind of hint at but they just totally like just wash away like if this was trinity's story about trinity finding her way out of the matrix after becoming a parent having kids and like having like actual like responsibilities unlike neo who's just kind of like drifting through life being a super successful game designer like that is a struggle right there as a parent like that would be something that was an interesting idea like are those kids really your kids? I mean, like, are they bots? What, like, you know, all these different ideas. Like, I could think of a thousand different directions for going just from that idea alone, and they just totally gloss over it. And it' bullshit. And why would you bring fucking John? Gr- it was kind of cool seeing two obviously homosexual men do an action scene against each other. That was pretty cool, but no, yes, yeah. like, like, like you just ruin everything. It's just like just because there's nostalgia doesn't mean it's good.
0: Yeah, yeah let me yeah, I guess jump on in here cuz um my my I I remember the moment when I said okay, this movie is bad. And the, mo- the moment I remember was that when you said it, when they had to go rescue Trinity. Now in this movie, they have set up that <clears throat> Neo and Trinity gave out so much power and output that this is why they wanted to do this again. They wanted to make another Matrix because they were like the supercharged batteries, I guess and you pretty much let neo out easily
1: and then the trinity
0: thing you you, you, yeah yeah just extremely easy now again knowing that this is the guy that has been able to shut you down and keep almost pushing out of your control because they even make references that like they did numerous simulations to figure out the best way to keep him contained and he keeps pushing out but then you make rescuing his body pretty easy but then the second biggest battery you have is trinity and you make it even easier for them to go get her like you knew that one got away, and so you should be on high alert. And they even make a reference to being like, Oh, it's gonna be so hard to get her because they're gonna expect that they're gonna try to move her. And they're like, Well, no, because almost giving emotions to these robots to be like, Oh, no, because they think they're so superior, they're just gonna leave her where she is. And we're like, That would be the most illogical thing a robot would do like, leave the person where they were, where you the other person you needed got kicked, like, what. Y'all know where and she is. In, yeah, they get in there and they do this without any difficulty, and it's like... And that's, I was like, oh, this is a bad movie. Like They they couldn't even make a high-stakes reason to get Trinity out of here. The high-stakes moment was, is she going to choose to be in this or not? That was supposed to be the high-stakes moment, and anybody who watches the movie knows she's going to choose to leave, especially when you make her husband a D-bag at the last minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So that was a bad movie. Um... Let's do it with the elephant in the room. Like you, you can't replace Hugo Weaving and Lawrence Fishburne. No. with See, here is the here's a fucked up part. In. They tried to get Hugo Weaving. They didn't even try to get Lawrence Fishburne.
1: Like, only reason H- Hugo Weaving That's is absurd. not in the movie is because he just couldn't make his scheduling work, and they were just like, "We're just gonna move on without you." He's like, "All right, fuck you guys in. That's fine." But they didn't even call Lawrence. They didn't even text him. They're like, "Yo, we Dude, got which... you know new Matrix for you. We're just gonna get." They're... And let's like also like you know, I like you know. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his last name. It's it's Abdul not or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, it's not. Be I, I, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's just like he was the most useless character in there. There's no reason for him to be in this. He does literally nothing, uh, other than the fact that his name Morpheus. And he, he he looks cool. And he's not even the Morpheus that we, we you know the original Morpheus. He's a program of of Morpheus that Neo created yep. for whatever reason.
0: Also, remember they said he has a hint, a hint of Smith in him as well. Oh yeah, he also. Like, that's why he was an agent, agent at the Smith. beginning. Because yeah, yeah, he has a hint. Of, so which is Yaya is, Yaya like the...
1: is his name. Yeah, which is also the dumbest thing ever. Fucking Agent Smith nearly destroyed everybody. Why are y'all yes. reprogramming this thing? Why are y'all letting this thing back in the fucking? Well, like he nearly they destroyed it, not it, only uh, you know humans, but also all the machines. Like why is he still here? <laughs> well,
0: because if they, if they did a better job of explaining it. What they were trying to to do, but they didn't do a good job of explaining it, was saying that when they recreated this new Matrix, Neo's wants and needs were also implemented in the recreation. And because and what need... we know from the previous trilogy, yeah, Neo needs a Yang to his Yin. So I'm thinking that the I'm thinking the, the system itself did not want a Smith, that Neo's need to have a, a Yang to his Yin put a Smith in there. But that's easily explained as easily as I just did it because they did a whole bunch of exposition dump. That could have been an easy exposition dump because you're right. It's no reason to have a Smith in here. But also it goes to the point like you can't get these guys to play these epic, and not even because the characters are epic. The yeah. actors who play those characters are like some of the best in the biz. I can't expect. I rather you just made a new character and just said that this character was influenced by, by Morpheus, so by we didn't expect them to be Morpheus, Morpheus, or Morpheus. By
1: Smith, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are definitely drawing Thomas a comparison between the two, between yeah. the two performances by saying they're the same character. This happens with right. every Joker that comes out. You have to. I mean, like it is what it is. But it's like, if you're going to have them in there, at least have them be like, you know, Agent Smith was the bad guy. In this one, he is just not the bad guy. Like, he's just there. He wants to, he is literally like a stopping, like a stepping stone for Neo. Like, he's just there because he wants to fight the analyst too, but he doesn't want Neo to do it. So he's like, I want to do it. So, and they fight for a little bit, but like at the end, it doesn't matter. <laughs> didn't mean it doesn't matter. the
0: fight didn't mean anything at all didn't mean anything uh,
1: and the, this and this whole it's thing a- is all <laughs> toothless it's all i think this is the thing that makes me the most upset is that in the original matrix movie you know they had you know side characters you know that were visually appealing even if you don't remember their names i mean you know mouse switch cypher mm-hmm. i actually you do remember most of their names in this one, you don't remember any of the other key characters' names besides bugs. I don't even think they introduced them as anything, but also, mm-hmm. like, there was just kind of like this sort of like idea of like people's perception of themselves being different in the matrix than they were in real life. It's kind of like this, as the Wachowskis show you, it's kind of like uh, an uh, allegory for their transness, Transformation. Their transgen- yeah, yeah, yeah. And in this one, like. You're, you got a second chance. They wanted to, like, the character of Switch, they wanted to make that character like a man in the real life and the woman mm-hmm. in the Matrix something like that. And the studio was like, no, you can't do that. And, and this one, you got a second chance. You could do stuff like that. You can make these kind of movies. And, like, they kind of hint at it by saying, oh, yeah, you know, in the Matrix now, Neo looks different. But it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't, like, mean anything. It's like, you barely get glimpses that he does look different. And, like, like I could see a movie where that was the whole entire point was that like you did not see Neo because you didn't know who he was, because he was played by a different actor. And then having right. someone trying to like have a mystery of like who is Neo and like how ha- like and that would be like a much more satisfying of a thing of a journey. But in this, it's just like, nah, none of this shit matters. None of it matters. Here's again, like
0: you said, it's another thing they 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 tried to hit on because if you remember the part where they showed the point, the part that awakens bugs is her watching Neil's Neo jump, on. yeah, jump off. Often, of the but he ends up, yeah, but he ends up flying. And, yeah. and but if you saw the the flashes, it was like an older man. Yeah, like and so again, they, they even like you said, they even play. They Marvel, hate at it, like yeah, but they don't, they ever, just don't like, go through with it. <laughs> pull it out and like, they don't go through with it. It's like, yeah,
1: Neil looks different to everybody else, but we see him as fucking Keanu Reeves. Which doesn't do anything for us as an audience, yeah. That he looks different because he just he looks like Keanu Reeves, because he is Keanu Reeves. Who gives a fuck? Yep. And it's like yep. you just because you hint at him looking different doesn't mean like that is a a through line that we can connect, and it's it's just it's all over the place. Even and yeah, I can I can keep going about yeah. this. How these movies just disappointing um, on all levels, but it is it's well, just, let's just
0: it talk just about, is let's let talk about the lazy fight scenes which bothered me the most. Okay, people, they give Neo the power to be able to basically just force push things out of his way. You know what it reminded me of at first initially? It reminded me of, I don't you remember when uh, New 52 had given Superman that power that he would get overcome with all of the the solar Sunburst. of the, the sun. Yeah, he would yeah. release it and go out in the middle of nowhere to release it. It, it, it made me feel like that. And I go, okay, cool, because Neo's always had that matchup with Superman. So I'm like, that's well, let's see where this goes. And no, it just became a plot device. Say that for Neo to not have to fight. It was like, oh, we can move a missile this way. Things dropping off as human bombs. Instead of having this cool action scene, we have a maneuver and, and dodge and have to work as a team to figure out how to avoid this. Nah, just have Neo force pull them out the way so that they yeah. can keep going through. Like it just it, it was almost an ends to a means just to say that hey, we want Neo to still be powerful, but we don't want him to do all this creative thinking on how to make this action scene work. And then, like you said before, I looked on the made for TV budget. Is it just me, or did it feel like when they were driving a motorcycle, it felt like they were driving the same speed in real time? That she was probably driving yeah. 10 miles per hour. And, that, driving, was driving it, 10 miles and, and that was, yeah, it's just Instead of speeding this up people. on a camera, so it looks like she's driving faster. So to actually add some suspense and some thrill to the look, it's like she was just driving down the street. They just, oh, yep. right, hey, just weave left. All right, weave right, leave left. Right. Oh, hey, some Keon, CGI put your people. hands up yeah put your <laughs> hands up
1: it, it's it, gonna be all cgi here so just you know just you know what we're not gonna use your direction when you feel like putting your hands up we'll add the people in that point and, right, right. You know, like that was lazy. We'll the smith fight.
0: the smith fight in the bottom was lazy um the the only fights that were entertaining were the ones with bugs in it and i, I guess yeah. i found that later on that she's actually a true martial artist so that was a good relief. That's why her stuff I mean, she was the best part real. of fucking
1: Iron Fist, I'll tell
0: you that. <laughs> right, right, right. So and that's what kind of made her stuff look realistic and, and flavorful. But it, it, we've seen them take actors who aren't martial artists and make them look like they could fight, fight. And for this movie to just look like the fight scenes were trash, man. And and I hate to see keep using it because I know you want a deep-down analysis. It didn't look good. It didn't look fun. It didn't look creative. It looked like as if they were like, we need a fight scene here. So we're going to plant this here, do it. And we need one here. We're going to plant this here, do it. Like, you know, if you're going to do this whole rearranging of Smith and you're going to have this big showdown with Neo and Smith, which is going to kind of take notes from their their, their meet, meet matchup in the Matrix itself, you have to make this epic to almost do a callback nostalgically, but then upgrade it. Like, go. you know what it's like? It's like, you know the people that, that made the fan film of Vader versus Obi-Wan Kenobi in New yeah. Hope? And they did the fan film, And you're like, you know what that fight is like in real life. But the fan film upped it to another level. They kept some of the elements of the original, but they upped it. That's what you should have done with this movie with these callback fight scenes. Give us what we know we're familiar with. And then give us something crazier to go, oh, crap. Like, you know, Neo did that. Instead of taking the body shots he did on the wall, Neo maybe stops him with the force and then flips out. Like, it it just was none of that. It just was like, oh, yeah, you remember this. That was cool, wasn't it? Uh, All right. Next scene. And I also think one of the worst things about this movie
1: is that they also just include clips of the original Matrix in the movie. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, here's the original Matrix playing. You remember this, right? Like, oh, yeah, this is right here. Uh, here's a shot, you know, to say that these two are the characters are the same characters. You know, it's just like, like, I guess that's a decision. That's a choice that you can make. But it was just like, for me, it's like, the the whole premise of this in this movie is that the Matrix In order to trick Neo to thinking that he is not in the Matrix, is to think that he made a video game called The Matrix and he is has some sort of mental disability in which he is, you know, not being able to to delineate between the two. But in the movie, the video game of the Matrix is just the Matrix, the movie. (laughs) It's not a video game of the Matrix. It's just and it's like, you know how easy it would have been just to have like 1999 cg graphics of the matrix and just like oh this is your video game here it looks like a video game these are elements of an actual video game in this in this presentation of the matrix but no it's just a movie and they just tell you it's a video game without action and it's like that's not how video games work <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. video games aren't just straight narratives they're <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's it's just it's just it's just this just made so many bad mistakes or just decisions in this, and then just talked to them like, they made us do it, so here you go.
0: And I feel like that is the that is going to be the legacy of the Wachowski sisters and for this one, is that all their movies have these great big ideas that they just never could reign in and make it a cohesive like straightforward story. The Matrix is like the only one, and, I, and let's be real, they didn't think it was going to be a big hit, so they probably only dabbled in some of the ideology because they wanted to just put something out there. And then when it became a hit, they're like, oh, people love this stuff. And then they, instead of having just, again, another dabble of the ideology, they just dumped all their ideology in the ideology in the next two, because they filmed those back to back. And in this one, it feels the same way. It feels like, uh, okay, this is a great idea. Is the Matrix real or not? Yeah, but then we could do with about existentials and nihilism. And, we can, and they just dumped all that information in there, and it just doesn't work. Jupiter ascending a lot okay. of stuff in it that doesn't work it's just because they had these ideas that I think are great ideas they just don't have anybody to tame it
1: i think uh for me the biggest disappointment in this movie and you say like um you know they have these great ideas in the last uh, all of Lukowski movies they are swinging for the fucking fences they are trying mm-hmm. to knock that ball out of the park you know they might get struck out but they are swinging hard this one feels like they're trying to bunt and get on base, and they still strike out. Yeah. Like, this one doesn't feel like they're swinging as hard as they can. This one it feels like they just walk to the to the pitch's mound or to the, the, the batting mount, uh, and they're just like, I'm going to butt. I'm going to get on base. And and it's like, and the coaches yell yelling swing, motherfucker, swing! And they're like, no, 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 I'm, I got this.
0: <laughs> I swung the last few times and struck out. And
1: out. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to butt this time. I'm going to this time, I'm going to get on base, and they still strike out. Like, that's how I feel about this movie. It's like they are not swinging. They're just
0: accepting that they suck at baseball. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if, please tell us what you think of The Matrix Resurrection. Remember to leave a comment. We will read your comment on the show on future episodes. So let us know what you think about it. Do you think Anthony Rojas? This- Yeah, (laughs) are we completely off base and it's just that we missed this and we don't understand anything about the Matrix? Or do you agree with us or do you have a different opinion why it sucks? (laughs) And please comment below, let us know. Uh, we will love to read it and enjoy to make fun of it, good or bad. We'll still make fun of it. All right, let's jump (laughs) on to uh, Marvel finish the thing, and that is Hawkeye. So, Hawkeye wrapped up. This week, rated right time for Christmas because it is a Christmas series. And I guess let's jump into our thoughts of Hawkeye. I'll kind of I'll kick this off uh, with a brief synopsis. In 2012, during the Battle of New York, a young Kate Bishop witnesses Clinton Barton battling the Chitori uh, and aspires to become a hero like him after inadvertently, after he inadvertently saves her life. In the present, Barton spends time with his children in New York for Christmas. Um, so this show is a bullseye for me. I talked about over and over how I just enjoy that it it has this homegrown feel, slice of life type of uh, aesthetic to it that I thought was really, really cool. Um, so I'm not going to hold you. that That's kind of where I do love it. Now, it, it isn't without its flaws. Uh, they do get a kind of scatter near the end of this run. But for most of the run, about the first at least four episodes, they do keep it very tight and concise. We finally get to see a lot more fun with the trick arrows. We get to see how trick arrows are made. That's always (laughs) great to have in there. Uh, A little dangerous, so people actually try to break down how it was done. Also, the biggest thing I think this this series accomplishes, and it gives you the the send-off for Black Widow, Natalia that was deserved and needed in Endgame. Endgame screws that up, and I don't care what anybody says. I know y'all want to cry about Tony Stark. Tony Stark probably snapped his finger hoping and wishing he could stay alive. Black Widow was the real sacrifice in Endgame because she knew what she was doing. It was no return from. The Red Skull told yeah, she, her that. Yeah, she's gonna die. Clinton knew that. They knew whoever fell and died, it was no way to could, keep. It couldn't be wished back. It was no way. Even when Clinton tells them, Clinton tells them, yeah, he said she can't be brought back. Even when the Hulk says he tried his best when he did it to get her back, it couldn't come. Like that was the real sacrifice, and that was glossed over in Endgame. This. Series finally gives you exactly what she deserved and and some, uh, especially coming over for Elena. We'll talk about more of that when we get into the heavy, heavy spoilers of this one. The best thing about this is that you get to see everyday people doing everything everyday things. He can't fly off and go to Asgard or go to earthly Asgard. He can't be living on the moon like Steve Rogers. Clinton has to live with just being an Avenger every day, but also he has to live with the things he did in his past that actually can catch up to him because he doesn't have the support of a shield now completely behind him. He doesn't have the support of Tony Stark's money behind him. He literally has to like unwire these tangled webs that he made by himself, and it just so happens that he develops a, uh, a sidekick in it. The only issue I have with this series is that I do think it loses focus there again. The uh, instead of this being a story about Kate Bishop and Ronan or Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, the story eventually becomes about Ronan, Black Widow Natalia, um, corruption in the Bishop household, um, corruption with mobs and kingpins, wink, wink. Uh, It it just becomes a lot of stuff at once in the end. And And a random sword fighter who has nothing to do with him. Right, right. (laughs) It just becomes a lot for me at the end. Uh, But with that being said, it's still an enjoyable series, and let's just be Let's give a shout out for one thing I think isn't going to be mentioned enough here: the way they filmed this show is beautiful. Like the Christmas vibe in the field. We talked about the three hundred and sixty car shot in one of our previous reviews. Um, we could talk about that. We could talk about the the spanning shot of Kate and Yolanda's sparring, Yolanda sparring, which mm-hmm. is just great. I mean, it, they have it gave great me, together. Yeah, it gave, me vibe, it gave me vibes of, like, the Daredevil show, but also, like, old oh boy. Um, just letting them go at it and doing that. Uh, even the scene where they do a young Echo and they see in the background Ronan doing his thing when he's taking out, like, the, the mob people. Like, it's a lot of great shots in here that you don't see from a typical Marvel Marvel series. So I do want to give them props for that. I just think, I just wish the story just stayed tighter and stayed a little, it, it still was small time, but I wish it stayed a little tighter, and I wish there was a little bit more menace because the tracksuit cats became too jokey. And I know they were supposed they were to be nice, but like the most of them, were like, like nice. The first guys. two episodes. <laughs> but yeah, like the first two episodes, they were more—they felt like more of a menace. By the last of this, they pretty much became comic relief. Like even yeah. the, the larpers <laughs> were knocking them out. Like, so you're telling, telling <laughs> me this big—the big man would hire these people to do his dirty work? Really? Is that what we're supposed to believe? From all the things we know, the big man. Like that's why I felt like it just that that kind of, eh, eh, eh. but look, I don't want to diss on it, man. I think it's a really really good series. I think it's a strong series for Disney. Another, I think they knocked another one out the park on this one. What are your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I would I would
1: definitely uh, echo your sentiments. Uh, I guess the one thing that is a disappointment for me, but not really a disappointment as as overall, is that there's not really any twists in this thing. There's not any you know things that everything you expect to happen happen you know the characters mm-hmm. expect to show up they showed up and and that is good don't get me wrong that's good it's just that you know it's just a straight line and you know whether you like that or not is is depending on you. I wish there was a you know some some other little twist that maybe that, that threw me threw you for a loop you know but also with that you know you can get kind of obsessive like we did with uh the wandavision Division, where you're just like what what's going to be the twist and there's you know, <laughs> And at least in the, this one, it was like, no, this is everything you got. You don't have to worry about thinking about anything else. You don't have to, you know, suspect anything. What's going to happen is going to happen, and it's going to be it's going to be good. And yeah, and that's what's great about this show is it's a small scale thing. It doesn't have to lead into the next, you know, Doctor Strange movie or whatever. It's just Clint and Kate and all their other side character stories. But at least it's just them in New York, and that's it. And that's really refreshing. And also, like, there's some great stuff like there, And as I said, like, uh, Kate and Elena's like, whole rapport is is just great. It's a good I mean, little magical. rivalry of, like, <laughs> we're friends. I want to be friends, but I kind of have a job to do, and you're kind of in my way. But, like, I don't have anything against you. <laughs> and it's, like, it's so nice. It's so cool. And, like, you know, they're complimenting each other and stuff. It's it's such a fun thing. And, you know, as much – and Jeremy Renner, you know, in this – you know, he's always kind of a a grumpy Gus and things, but like he really sells it in this one as being a, a guy who just literally just wants to go home, but cares enough to like keep fighting the good fight. And also, he's the only Avenger who is like, Yeah, I'm a murderer and I don't think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. every other Avenger <laughs> is also a murderer, with the exception maybe uh, Ant Man, but you know, the senior Ant Man definitely is. <laughs> And every other Avenger is like, yeah, that's just shit we did. Like, fucking Tony Stark is a fucking arms dealer for the fucking beginning of the movie. He's murdered lots mm-hmm. of people. He created a monster that murdered people, and he and you know he had that little thing in Iron Man three. But you know, at least um, Clint is like, you know, he's trying to like do better, you know. And that's what's cool about that. He he doesn't have the resources like Tony or like Thor to do all those different things, like you know, to make himself feel better. He has to sit there and just live with it. And that's a cool thing to see. And he and and this this show is, is just a really nice, nice little like slice of, of good pie.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's what's enjoyable.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um well so let's go jump into our ratings. Jason, what would you give the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus? 4.5 out of five. give it half a
1: point point for uh the just straightforward nature of it but that's just me (laughs) wanting to get just to to have theories and to 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 talk about things like who do you think the the big guy is is it gonna be you know
0: (laughs) no it's the guy who you think it is (laughs) i'm gonna give it a 3.8 i like it a lot i do i just think the once the story started splitting out the the echo thing and i i didn't i didn't need all that which it's it's great because i get it they're setting up different things but i wish it just would have stayed that straight and narrow and let us ride that out i think that would have been a better but that's the only reason i'm pulling it back on it just because i think it spawned out to too much stuff that i didn't really care about um let's jump into some brief spoiler conversations about it i guess the first thing i'm going to talk about with spoilers is no elena was probably the best thing in this whole thing i'm, I'm gonna just oh, yeah. say it florence Pugh <laughs> was probably the best thing in this whole series and <laughs> i didn't feel that way until she was actually in the series and i was like man i wish we'd have got six episodes of just this dynamic like set up their little beef at the beginning and it got this whole dynamic the rest of the way <laughs> she's also the best thing in black widow in my opinion too true
1: <laughs> like no, just she's say. just so ever good at this character Like, maybe she's just playing herself. I don't know. I don't think Florence Pugh has a a terrible Russian accent, but like, she's just so effortlessly charming as this character, even where Scarlett Johansson was not. She's not not charming as as Black Widow. And it's just like, yeah, she's a breath of of fresh air. She's so much fun to watch.
0: And and I love that they're already setting up the new Hawkeye, new Black Widow dynamic as like friends, because you're right. Uh, Haley Seinfeld and Florence Pugh, you know, Kate Bishop and. Uh Elena, you're right. Their dynamic is like I, I could watch a buddy cop movie of just them for two <laughs> hours, and I would be completely happy with it because it's just so freaking funny. And I mean, the whole getting into the elevator, having the casual talk, and her, you know, she's trying to hit Kate Bishop <laughs> to hit all the buttons. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't <laughs> right. you do it? <laughs> right. Like ah, <laughs> so good, so good. Even to talk with the macaroni and cheese. Like, are you done? Yeah. Are you done? And she's putting all her eyes like that eyes off, it's so good. She's, <laughs> just, she's like, yeah, she's you know, yeah, like she's <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, if you if you wanted to kill me, yep, I've already I've already killed you. Yeah, but probably when I opened the door, yep, you whatever, like, went, right when you walk in yeah, the door, <laughs> <laughs> right? would have had a chance to close it. Nope, we would have had no chance. Like, that's so good. <laughs>
1: it's, um,
0: so I I do. I, I was man, i remember my first review of this i was apprehensive and then about not about kate bishop i was more upset about the whole every character in marvel has to be witty and funny and just cool and blah, blah blah i do feel like kate bishop's character does take on a serious like magnitude of it you know when she finally realizes oh crap my mother's the big bad like this, yeah. <laughs> it's you know it does take a, a different tone there and i felt like okay I don't like the whole gunplay being a joke for her at the beginning. Oh, your mic's done. when uh, the gunplay got really, really serious, you know, her and Clint having to talk off the cliff and all that. But I do feel like if they're going to try.
1: Yeah, like uh you can't. Her Kate Bishop definitely grew over the the course of this 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 show. She just definitely wasn't as taking it seriously as she should until like the end, but. Other than that, like,
0: yeah, she's she's really great. No, for sure, for sure. Um, I guess other questions I had on here were, was the kingpin needed in this series?
1: Mm, Not really. (laughs) Uh, Like, it's nice to see Vincent D'Arafrio back, but, like, yeah, we could have just, like, had just a picture of him, like, or just, just... him show up as a cameo like knowing that he's a big bad and him just leave on and do something else and just have you know uh Kate Bishop's mom be the main big bad though the fight scene with, with Kate Bishop and, and, and Kingpin was pretty cool <laughs> like he beat her ass
0: <laughs> up until when he didn't that was great yeah I did think the besides the fight scene being really really dope I did feel like it Made you realize that hey, Kingpin ain't nothing to play with, yeah. So, I did, I did dig that part about it. Um, but yeah, you're right, they could have left Kingpin out of this. When I know they were trying to give the fans what they wanted a unified universe of Netflix and all that, but now. Now you have to answer questions about, like, Charlie Cox. And then you got to answer questions about Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. So bringing them in doesn't just uh, absolve you from having to answer where the rest of these other cats are when, like, it's just going down. So, but I'm here for it. I mean, I- I'll take also, minute, uh,
1: the most but, ridiculous thing about that is they're in Rockefeller Center doing all this fucking shit. You have a 1,000 gang members show up to fight two people with bows and arrows and not one cop is around New York's most populous area <laughs> at Christmas time. Like not one cop show up. Like there's I've been down there on like a Thursday night in the middle of the summer, you know, drunk as fuck, and there's 40 cops around there when there's not shit going on. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: <laughs> hey, look, the Avengers had it, man. That's why. Uh <laughs> yeah, those guys are good. <laughs> Let's go to jump into trick arrows. What what was your favorite trick arrow from the series? The Pim Arrow is pretty cool. Uh the
1: uh what was the one that shot up? the one that looked like it shot out like more arrows? (laughs) Like y'all are straight murdering these guys at this point. (laughs) Yeah. uh...
0: Um, and they're interested to see exactly which one were the Tony Stark.
1: Ones. No, they never really show which ones were the, the Tony Stark ones. I would imagine anything that did anything something like you know, like any of the shock arrows or stuff like that or anything like that would probably be Stark Pacific arrows. Uh maybe the goop arrow was uh, a Stark arrow. Uh but they don't really show which ones like the which ones were they're specifically stark arrows like there are no repulsor arrows or no uh give you a million dollar arrows (laughs) you know send uh you know there's no there's no uh pour you a uh old fashioned arrow
0: (laughs) that (laughs) that that should that should be an arrow from now on now that you've said it you should make that happen yeah
1: pour you an old fashioned arrow
0: And I guess the last thing on our list is what did you think about Hawkeye's wife being Mockingbird, the reveal agent 19 at the end? Did, did I mean that like- makes it makes sense. <laughs> I
1: mean it makes sense. It makes only it makes it makes a hundred percent sense. And then it makes sense that she would probably after retiring, you know, maybe change her name, you know, after she's because she and her kids are technically in hiding. Because that's the whole point of them having that farmhouse is that, and the fact that none of the Avengers even knew that was there is because they're in hiding. So, you know, maybe he has just gotten to used to calling her by her, uh, you know, her uh, alias rather than her real name. So, you know, because he's like, yo, we got if we're gonna make this work, we got to pretend that you're no longer Bobby, but you're Laura or whatever her name is, or Lauren. I don't care. Right.
0: Well, that's what the interesting thing is that um, because, you know, it was a mockingbird and ages of shield. Let's just let me just give a second and just saying, Adriania Padalecki, I think her name is Adrian Padalecki. Like, yeah, she gets screwed in everything like
1: all the time. You have been Wonder Woman.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You got the Council Wonder Woman series that she was in. She was in Supernatural as the girlfriend that dies in the very first episode. <laughs> and then now you get Ages of Shale that now is kind of almost not going to be canon anymore. And then you're Mockingbird in that one. They give you this great send-off in the series. And now it's like, maybe you don't even exist anymore in the Marvel Universe. Now well, people are theorizing that the Mockingbird mantle was just passed down. Which, okay, cool. I can accept that. Cool. But like, Like the Black you Widow. Yeah, but she still stepped on her now. Her Mockingbird means yeah. nothing. Now she's Haw- Hawkeye's wife is going to be the one we care about now. Well,
1: also, she also got screwed over because the reason they gave her that great send-off on Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. is because she was supposed to get her own spin-off, and they yep. never did that. <laughs> and they just uh, screwed her out of that one, too.
0: Man, somebody got put you know, some respect her name eventually, one
1: day. She's not what? that strong of an actress, but it's, it's she's still pretty good.
0: <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day. Well, everybody, uh, let us know what you think about the Hawkeye series on Disney+. I wouldn't mind if people put their rankings of where they put all the Disney Plus series in order, and then not include the Netflix ones, just everything on Disney Plus and see what people's rankings are on that one. Um, I don't know. I think my number one is probably going to be WandaVision. My number two is um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Number Uh, one is
1: Captain America and the the Winter Soldier.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess three would be Hawkeye for me. And I know I'm missing one. Oh, Loki, Loki would probably be four for me. Loki's the Loki, I didn't care for.
1: I got one division as my last one. One division is old,
0: okay. so for me.
1: Hawkeye would definitely be three. But black Captain America and the the Winter Soldier. Because they tried to say something with that show. They said it in a Marvel Disney, like, here's our money, and we want to make more money, so we're only gonna say kind of partly what we want to say, but at least we're trying to say it. <laughs>
0: Up to what Disney will allow us to get away with. Yeah. Because right. yeah. we don't want to be John
1: Bodega and be fucking
0: blacklisted. Facts. Facts. Let's jump into our last review today. We got The Witcher Season 2. Um, so for those who don't know about The Witcher, it is uh, this takes place after Season 1 and after Season 1, spoilers, because I mean, if you're listening to the Season 2 review, hopefully you watch Season 1. Um, Unifer helps stop, stop the, the siege. Um, Gilroy finds the girl's assessor, uh, Sir, Syria. I think I can't think of her right name now. Yeah, he she's, finds her. She's plot, the plot thing, Siri. <laughs> yeah, so she he finds her, which is supposed to be his destiny, and uh, they move on. And so that pretty much it pretty much picks up right after Witcher One, like, pretty literally. much immediately after, yeah, Witcher one. So I thought it was pretty good, but uh Jason, what are your thoughts on The Witcher season two? I
1: enjoy the show. Uh Henry Cavill is uh my nerd crush. That dude can do no wrong, even as Superman. As a <laughs> he can do no wrong. Because he paints Warhammer figures in his in spare time. Uh <laughs> and he's also like the Witcher, you know, rules nerd on this on the show as well. He'll correct the directors, like, oh no, no, this is not book accurate, sir. Um, yeah, this this uh this season is a little bit more straightforward than the, than the first season. There's no time jumps or anything like that. No flashbacks. It's basically just, you know, uh, Geralt of Riviera and Siri hanging out for six or eight episodes. I mean, however long they're, they're doing it for. And it's fun and they have a good relationship together. It's, you know, usually when you bring like a annoying little sister type character or a you know they can be annoying but uh siri never gets to that point where she's like absolutely obtuse or like completely stupid she likes she actually is like a pretty good character who's like who's trying to train hard who has a goal and even though her goal is to murder the man who you know traumatized her like her relationship with gerald is pretty is pretty awesome um you know, uh Unifer, does some some city things in this and whether you like the character or not you know i still like kind of like her relationship with your because it's always like they want to be together but they know like they're just two like two different sort of paths of being driven to be together so but they still have like this sort of like connection that they can't get rid of and i kind of like that and it's pretty good i also like the fact that you get to see other witchers a black witcher an asian witcher. A more white witchers, <laughs> and uh, they're they're all pretty great. And and actually seeing them like be witchers and do the things that like Joe is maybe the best, but the other other witches out there and they're all pretty good. And that's pretty cool to see. And they will fuck some monsters up, and they will also get fucked up as well. Uh, so yeah, this is more like a streamlined story than the first season. So it's a lot more entertaining in my in in my opinion the first season was because it's just so straightforward um and some of the minor characters in the last season got you know brought up to a little bit more major uh more prominent roles in this season um which was a cool thing to see and the poor elves man those elves they're they're the black people of this world <laughs> they they don't get no breaks <laughs> and they can't even have no babies and they still don't get no breaks like they're Everybody trying to fuck them over, so it's 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 good, it's good, good little watch if you like you know fantasy-based
0: stuff. So I I love season two. I I think I like it way more than season one because of that. It is streamlined, a lot easier to follow. So when so when you do the time jumps, it 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 works when you have a certain kind of hand for storytelling. The problem is, is when you don't have that hand for storytelling. You have to rely on people just liking the characters to be able to accomplish it. That's the Witcher season one. You like the characters, so you you're willing to buy in and keep yeah. following as it jumps. Witcher two is like, all right, we know you like the characters, so let's give them mythos and ethos and let them expand themselves and the mythology of this world. Yes, you're, you know, yeah, I think Knight of the Wolf helped me a lot. You know, being a prequel mm-hmm. to season one. Because now we get to see Vesemir and we get to see, you know what the trauma he's going through watching his the whole Witcher community get x in his cartoon. Every, so you get every time one he,
1: dies, he, he, yeah. he dies a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you get exactly what he's going through and what his ambitions are. Um, as much as, yeah, Jennifer gets the best storyline, I feel like, in this. And when I say that, it's because season one, it was all about power for her. It was all about mm-hmm. conquering and power because... Everybody had always underestimated her and treated her like trash and made her feel like she wasn't worthy. She basically sacrificed everything to become worthy, in her mind, and gain power. And even with that power, it still wasn't enough for people to accept her. And so this whole season for her was about community. You know, she's elven, but has no relation to her elf blood, like, you know, to her elf, you know, community. So it was a great way to see that, okay, now that she's powerless, and you could say, it's you know, it's in there where she could reclaim some of her power and do things that she chooses not to. But to see her I have to learn that like community is important and almost like family is important. The people that care for you and love for you are important beings and people there. It's no greater moment of seeing that when than when uh, I can't think of the the bard, um the junk the joke that sins yeah, and she basically has a moment with him and he's just giving her all kind of heat being like, you know, I want to say, See, I, I, I hate, hate your fucking you. guts. I hate you. <laughs> You're a bitch. <laughs> I, I want you give you all this heat, but he's like, but you know, I, you know, but also understand how to walk in other people's shoes and she makes decisions <laughs> that help him out. And, but that whole thing from relating, from her realizing <laughs> that the power that she possessed was never in the craft. The power she possessed was in building a community. So that was a great storyline. I think they did there. Uh, Gilroy, him learning how to be pretty much be a father. I know you were saying it's more like the little sister role. I feel like it was more like oh, a yeah, father role. Right.
1: He's definitely her father.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like he has to be a father. He has to protect her at all costs. And the only way he knows how to protect things and people is teaching it how to be deadly fighters and be more deadly than what's going after him. Like yeah. and his both of us being parents, we would be kind of like, oh, uh, that's maybe not the lesson you should might be teaching your kids, but. <laughs> I guess so okay. i feel mean, like
1: there's days where i was like man i need to get my kid in some sort of
0: like he need to get beat up a little bit so he can be tough out there in these streets <laughs> but then like right. i don't want my little baby to get hurt <laughs> But you gotta realize the trauma of his existence is why he only knows how to father or raise the way he's raising but yeah. i remember the scene in there that made me really hit home for me is the scene in there where she is going through the obstacle course and it's like, oh, like who tended to the horses? Like, oh, she was supposed to, and it wasn't done. I fully expected like him to go and kind of like almost being like, she's not ready for that. What are you guys doing? Blah blah blah. Get down. And he was like, Nope. Let's see how this goes. Like, <laughs> that's actually
1: one of my favorite scenes because at first, you know, uh, the other witcher is like getting her up there just to like fuck with her. Yeah. But by the end of yeah, it, he's like. Throwing out like, yo, you gotta, you gotta balance yourself, you know. Don't anticipate one thing. Like he's, he, like that's when they all became a family at that point, and I thought that was a really cool. See, and then when Joe walks up and is like, you think he's gonna be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like she's not ready for this. He's like, no, like let's see what she can do. Let's see what like how she can handle it. And that was that was really yeah, cool. And scene that's what it hit
0: home for me is that his yeah. his upbringing and trauma from his upbringing has, but just like us as parents, what we experience as our upbringing is what we put onto our children. So for him, it wasn't, like, for us, we have a protectoratory type of attitude. For him, he's like, nah, the fit here don't live. So if you're not fit, <laughs> I know it's my job to protect you, but the only way I know to protect you is by making you fit. Like, And so yeah. that was a great correlation, I thought, that season two nailed home numerous times, even when he uh, travels without her. And it's the statement of, like, you know, he's traveling without you because that's his way of protecting her. Because she doesn't think she's ready yet for the adventures that need to go in front of her. So I thought that was a very interesting look at uh, the fatherhood thing. I think also the 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 allusions and the sometimes they were heavy handed with it. The whole thing about what makes uh, a girl into a woman. I mean, they even one point even make a comment about like what do you do when she gets on it? Like, yeah, and they're like, oh, uh, we don't know because we're just witches, bro. We don't deal with that. Like. <laughs> he's like, I'm pretty sure you've been giving her mushrooms on <laughs> that process. There hasn't uh, been a girl like, in here in 700 years, <laughs> right? So even that process for the the show I thought was very good writing, and I think a lot of that good writing is able to come out to play because you already got buy-in for us for the characters, but also you're not having to do this time jump and order your stories. Now you can just focus on the development of the characters and Mm -hmm. how this this is going to play out. So I am thoroughly enjoying season two. Now, I have not watched the last episode, so I'll say that out loud.
1: Uh, if we can get to the spoilers territory real quick let's, here. Let's jump
0: right into it, okay? Go ahead. Spoilers it is.
1: Spoiler territory right here. So we find out who is the leader of the of Nilfgaard or whatever the name. Nilfen Nelfenheim. I don't know. The bad guys. And yes. the fact that Gerald has definitely taken Geralt has definitely taken on uh the fatherhood father role of Siri is definitely gonna come to play in the next season. And I'm Man. trying to be coy about the hint here. We know who the leader of the of the of the NIF is and Gerald, and he's not gonna be very uh appreciative of Gerald taking care of Siri. Let's just say that. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> right. And I thought and at the end, I was like, cause they cause they've been alluding to this character being the he's the emperor of coming in. And like how everybody's pretty much afraid of him. And like right before they revealed it, I was like, I know who's going to be. Uh, but I didn't like put two and two together until like legitimately, like before he walks on the screen.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah,
1: there, that's the guy. Yep, that makes sense now. now okay. But we well, should sure well, find out more in season three.
0: <laughs> okay. um, Are you here for more Witcher cartoons? I guess really? they're supposed to make more animated features of this.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, that won't last
0: <laughs> right? I think it has been renewed for season three for sure. So I think we're going to keep getting more Witcher. And Henry Cavill's already been said; and he'll play I this will. as long as they want to want I to I will play. take
1: as much Henry Cavill as they give me. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> 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 I don't have much on the spoiler section here because I think I mean for the most part we covered most of it uh, in our regular explanation. Because if you know about it, you know about it. Like. This is if you know, yeah. you know. It's not much you can spoil here. Um, in this one, I will say this in the regards to the only beef I have, and it's not even a negative. It's just that I spent all season one with everybody being apart. I was really hoping season yeah. two everybody would get together very quickly and we could run with this. So, nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to get together season, into like. Season. Right. I mean, like,
1: they all get together, like, what, like, the sixth episode? They all get, the, like, they're all yeah. back together as a... But then they quickly break apart again.
0: <laughs> yeah, very quickly. So, uh, I'm still salvating for the moment where they're all fighting together and, you know, Avengers assemble kind of status here in, in, in rocking. We, so. we got a witcher.
1: We got a witch and we got a little girl who does whatever she feels like. Because <laughs> magic <laughs> is a deus ex machina. But right. she also knows that a witcher, too. So, it'll be cool. <laughs> Yeah, and then we got yeah. the bard, who is a lot more in love with Geralt than they let on in season two or season one. Like this oh, dude 100%. is like, "Fuck this bitch! I should be the one." <laughs> like,
0: why do you tell the genie to be in my life? Oh my god! Yeah, he 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 is secretly pining. I mean, I don't he's... know who's pining more, you or him?
1: <laughs> well, me because I'm a real person. But and this one, he's he's not
0: secretly at all pining. He is. Oh man, <laughs> also shout out to this season having more uh monster action. Yeah, I will there's say a lot more of season one is not as much witchers being witchers killing monsters. This one definitely upset quota.
1: There are definitely some weird looking monsters, like the centipede with the head and the arms. That was, yeah, no, no, thank you. Uh, yeah. I
0: would leave that world. Oh, that's 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 an option.
1: Nope, not gonna be here. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Most of the worry about in the woods is maybe a tick. I'm not worried yeah, about like some like, nope, monsters uh, nope. chopping down wood <laughs> monsters to get to me. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: not going to mean this. We'll we'll try it again. Here we go. Bye. <laughs> All right. Well, that is uh talking of the Witcher. Again, if you like the Witcher, hate the Witcher, what do you think about season two? Please leave in the comments below. We will be sure to read them on the show because uh, we enjoy doing that as well. But uh, let's jump let's into a Go ahead, Jason. Just
1: send me all your Henry Cavill thirst traps, people. That's all.
0: <laughs> there you go. Let's jump into a segment that we have just started, and I'm probably going to mess up this name. Uh, we started a new segment called N-word Dradamus. Yes, like Nostradamus. <laughs> you got N-word it. You don't have to explain it to them. There's smart people out there. There we go. So, we're going to have some questions, and we're going to predict the future with some of these questions, and um. As the Duke of All Nerds, we're going to take it as solid gold stamp. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the first one I have is, what will eventually kill the superhero movie run?
1: All the old movies that will be remade later. (laughs) Nostalgia (laughs) will kill it. They will find some treasure trove. I bet you, and this is what's going to happen. Westerns are going to come back around again. And they're gonna be like they're gonna, I mean they've been they've already remade a whole bunch, but they're gonna keep remaking them or some shit or or something like it's gonna be the Christmas story reboot or you know it's gonna be reboot <laughs> it's reboots. It's gonna be reboots. That's gonna kill the superhero genre. It's just an endless stream of regurgitating the shit that we've already seen for a new generation that doesn't give a shit.
0: <laughs> I will say what will eventually kill the superhero movies. I think the taste in what our, our world or our economy views will change. So like the Western, the Western is because people idolize the West so much in the era where Westerns were popular It's because it was the era in American life where it was like, Oh, you know, quote unquote, you pick yourself up by the bootstraps and you were living and lawless free to do West. what you want. <laughs> right, right, right. And you had freedoms and blah, blah. And you got to remember that was the time of we were fighting quote unquote communism and all the other isms in our minds i think the rise of superhero movies has become escapism we don't want to deal Mm -hmm. with what is in front of us and the reality of our world i think if we get into better economic standings escapism attitudes will lessen and i think that's where superhero movies will start faltering but i think also because they're going to start having to run out of stories that they can interpret and they're going to start going into wells of their own ideas and we know when hollywood gets in their own idea bag never a good bag
1: <laughs> i don't know i i got another prediction i actually i i have another one i think we will get to the point where a video game it will just be video game movies too where it will just be like because that's an untapped well where they've tried to tap it but since hollywood doesn't really understand video games very well
0: they've mm-hmm. always
1: messed it up but there's gonna be one guy who's gonna get i mean they've been getting really, really close with, like, Sonic and Detective Pikachu and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be at that point where they're going to be a guy who just gets it, and then all of a sudden, we're just going to get nothing but Halo and... Uh, I can't hear here remember. for it, but Zelda.
0: Then I, I feel like I'll get video game fatigue like I'm getting with superhero fatigue as well.
1: No, that's what's uh, going to happen.
0: Next question for you to predict. When will The Rock stop being the number one movie star in the world?
1: When someone defeats him in a hand-to-hand combat <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, or his
1: crown as being the most charming person ever, I think uh, like Ryan Reynolds or somebody will have to come up and like literally physically beat him up.
0: <laughs> I think he'll stop being the number one movie star when he decides to become the president. That's the only way yeah. stop.
1: And the, uh, then there will be an eight-year period where he's not the number one movie star, and then there, after that, he'll just become the number one movie star again.
0: <laughs> like Jordan <laughs> retiring to play baseball. He'll just be the president for eight years. Uh yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, will Tom Cruise ever age and stop making movies?
1: One of these days, one of his stunts is going to kill him.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, I was going to say no he's gonna- because he's an alien. He's not well, I mean,
1: he world. literally believes he's an alien. So, <laughs> but <laughs> he's, he's going to be like, I'm going to do a, I'm going to jump from space as a stunt for my movie, and then he's going to hit the ground
0: and be like, "Well, there goes Tom Cruise." <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one for nerd Tradamus to predict: Will Storm and Cyclops ever be represented good in an X-Men no. franchise? No, no, no,
1: no. <laughs> Because they don't give a shit about Storm or Cyclops. You know who they care about? Wolverine. Wolverine.
0: It's Damn always it. gonna be Wolverine.
1: Gray. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 You
0: know what the worst part about movies caring about Gene Gray is? Is that Gene Gray was like the worst character ever for the longest <laughs> yeah. time. And then Claremont oh, no. decides to make the Dark Phoenix saga. Well, the Phoenix saga. The Dark yeah. Phoenix saga. And everybody cares about Gene Gray. Look at the old cartoons of Gene Gray. When it was the original five, Gene Gray was the damsel in distress. Every mm-hmm. single time with the weakest power set, every single time, and one writer made her so relevant that now we can never get away from her. Which I like, Jane Grey, don't get me wrong, but I don't. <laughs> I, I, when it, on a comparison, if I make my list of X Men, she's not that high on my list.
1: <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, you know, as protagonists go, the plain Jane White girl that everybody seems to love just because she's just there doesn't really do it for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um right. like will, will there ever be any YA or fantasy novels more popular uh for fantasy movies more popular than the Harry Potter movie franchise?
1: Hell yes, it's called Feinheart, it'll be coming out in 2028.
0: Ooh, oh. <laughs> twenty twenty eight. 2028. Let me walk that down. Uh, <laughs> Do you happen to know who's making that movie, so I can put stock in that company now? <laughs> Jason Baker. <laughs> right, here we go. Jason Baker Movie Production. Got it. All right, wait till it public, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have.
1: I'm, I'm unfortunately actually uh, who I want to play, or at least direct thing would be Stephen or, or Donald Glover would be great. Even though my buddy Brandon hates his guts,
0: <laughs> we have to get him on the show so he can vent that to us, so we can laugh. Uh, <laughs> All right, will there ever be a time where our culture will stop believing in Santa Claus?
1: Probably a thousand years from now. When we stop believing in, like, general religious stuff. Eh, I don't know. I guess Santa Claus has been around for a while now, but Mm -hmm. it's probably when capitalism fails and we realize, like, this whole entire, like, oh, we gotta always buy shit for people, you know, and we'll stop getting a holiday around, like, all that, you know, maybe he'll stop being a thing, but, you know, traditions last forever. <laughs> I mean, come on. That, that's, it's there now. I mean, hopefully they'll be like, oh, they'll, they'll have a new guy. It's Chris.
0: It's yeah. oh. <laughs> like Chris comes down your chimney and throws, throws gifts at you. <laughs> yeah yells at you, What? Get your gifts, get your gifts. <laughs> I don't I don't
1: know. I mean what's, what's it in Futurama they have the Xmas tree, which is a palm tree, and then Santa Claus yeah. is like dangerous. Oh, he's a villain. Like... He's a straight villain. <laughs> yeah.
0: Christmas is like the scariest holiday if you drop. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta
1: fucking lock your doors and, and you know batten down everything and get your shotgun and point out the chimney. So hopefully Santa Claus forgets you exist. <laughs> Santa Claus is the purge.
0: If <laughs> oh man. All right. Well that is all we have for this new segment for the N word, the N word, If you have some other predictions <laughs> you would like to get from the N word, Jodamas, please comment below and we will predict the future and answer your question far out because you know what? We're the magical Negroes of this show. Remember that. <laughs> We're
1: the only Negroes of this show. <laughs> All, All Negroes right. are magic. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's just that we should melody. use our magic for ourselves.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Melon is magic, baby. All right, well, let's wrap this show up. Jason, as always, thank you for being on here. For everybody else, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the bell notification on YouTube so you'll be notified when we upload other new content. Um, We are on Headcanon Circus on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM. And I just realized Spotify just added a rating system. So if you can rate us, five stars, maybe 4.5 if you're really feeling froggy. Uh Anything less than 4.5, or maybe even anything less I'll than fight four, you. We'll come, we, may <laughs> yeah. we may come to your house. We may come to your house.
1: We Believe it or not, me and Jason are about that life, so we'll, yeah. we'll
0: definitely come there. <laughs> and if you're we we're not, we know a bunch of Tyrones that are about that life. We, we so. do
1: have family, <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: Uh, but please remember to do that for us. Uh, Duke of All Nerds, any closing words for everybody today?
1: Uh, be kind, considerate, tip your bar- service apart to just 20%, and uh, have a happy new year, because this is what's coming up.